Cool. Okay, so um, I came across an interesting ver or a helpful verse for me um, in the week uh, with, with 1 Timothy 4.13. And this is Paul to Timothy saying, Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. Public reading of Scripture, exhortation, and to teaching. And I feel I can kind of slot in there somewhere. That's good. Not just teaching, but it's exhortation and the public reading of Scripture. So I'm going to read a little bit more Scripture um, this morning than I would normally, because actually I've realized that the Scripture does its own work, doesn't it? Uh, you know, I don't even have to comment on it for it to, to, to uh, have an effect in your lives. And we're realizing that on the street as well. The next, on Good Friday and Easter Sunday, we're going to be having outreaches in front of Great St. Mary's. We're going to be reading the Easter story. Um, Good Friday, the, obviously the Good Friday part, Easter Sunday, the Easter Sunday. And the word itself can have great effect, can't it, and bring uh, salvation to people. And actually, a person who reads the scripture publicly like, like that is called an agonostai. Anag sorry, anagonostai. Something like that. I was trying to be clever, but it's not worked already. So I'll put cleverness aside right at the beginning. But I want to read to you from uh, John 13. You can follow along in your Bibles. I'm using the New American Standard today, just because I can. Um, I sort of move around. I was going to stick to one Bible, you know, a little while ago, but I've realized it's good to move around. You get different things from different Bibles. So this is called the Lord's Supper in my New American Standard. And Lord, as I just pray as I read this word, Lord, as I read the word today, that you would cause it to bear fruit. Lord, that the, the word would lodge in people's heart. We know that your word is active and powerful, able to discern the motives and intentions of the heart. Lord, we're looking for your word to have its effect as well as what I say. In Jesus' name. Amen. Excuse me. When I read with Olive sometimes, I just read the first word and then see if she can fill in the rest. So this, this one is now. So I don't know if you can fill in the rest from memory. Now, before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he should depart out of his world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And during supper, the devil, having already put into the heart of Jesus Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments and taking a towel, he girded himself about. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. And so he came to Simon Peter. He said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I do you do not realize now, but you shall understand hereafter. Peter said to him, Never shall you wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He was bathed, needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. 
And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. And so when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and teacher, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you also should do. Sorry. For I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master. Neither is one who sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed. If you do them. Yeah? Not just blessed, you're blessed if you do them. I am... We'd just been on a holiday to Malta the week before last, and um, it was, we had a good time. It was quite a bit, bit warmer than here, a bit sunnier, but not much. Um, and I've been to Malta before. I, I, some of you remember back in 2011, I went with Hot Sausage Company, who I was working. We had a stall in Malta, and we, we worked there. We worked in a place called Patchaville, which is Peace Village. And if there's anything... Uh, about, about that name that's wrong. It's completely wrong. It's not Peace Village. It's Dispeace Village. It's kind of Chaos Village. It's where all the nightclubs are. It's where all the language students are. It's just noise from morning, noon to night, as it were. And we were staying in a hotel there, and it was just chaos. And it's interesting, because this is, this is an antithesis of what I'm trying to say this morning. There were, we, were, we were working for some guys who were in Malta. We were, they owned a nightclub, and we were selling sausages on one of the walkways, um, up to about five o'clock in the morning, so it was quite late. Um, but there was a gentleman there who was like, the guys we worked for were like small fry, but there was a kind of guy there who was more of a big fry. Um, and he, um, I knew who he was, I knew his name. And when we were looking for hotels and, and that kind of thing to go back, I saw that he'd got this great big hotel in Patchyville now, and he'd got a burger place, and he'd got a burger named after him, and it was, you know, everywhere you looked, it was this guy's name. And I was thinking, wow. You know, I didn't think that's amazing because I know what kind of places they are. You know, not the kind of places that we would want to or I'd recommend for you to go to. They're not, you know, not. But anyway, so when we were back into Malta, I, I thought, I'll oh, look up this guy and see, you know, let me just see. Because I, 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 I knew, I didn't know him, but I knew who he was. I'd seen him around. And actually, I found that he'd been stabbed to death in 2018, which was a bit of a shock to me. But it just show, showed to me, he's got his name all over all these things, he's, uh, I don't know if it's a nightclub, but these hotel, boutique hotel, burger bar, his burgers are stamped with his name. And what a legacy. A legacy whereby I say, I wouldn't recommend you go there. I'd recommend you go a million miles from those places because they're not a God. And, you know, we can give ourselves and we can give our names to things and they may, may remain after we've gone. And people might think that's a great legacy, but we know that's no legacy at all. That's no legacy at all. That's not what we're wanting to be about as Christians, is it? We want our name to be given to something good, don't we? No, we don't. We want his name to be lifted high and our name not to be noticed at all, don't we? Yeah, that's really what we want. Um, so, yeah. So, sorry, I caught you out a little bit there. but Sorry about that, Jim. Um, but anyway, I, I say that to say all this. When I was there, so it was a bit chaotic. It was, you know, there was football bars. There was music going on. 
But I found these little rock pools where I would go, and it was, it was really nice. I found there was, there was little fish. I love rock pools, actually. I love rock pooling. Uh, Eddie takes after me in, in that as well, and, and my other grandkids. We, I like going and looking for crabs. And, and so this was my, my oasis of, of peace um, when I was in Pachavilla. It wasn't very far. You could walk a, a little distance and be out of all the chaos and into this place, which was a bit, had a semblance of, of beauty and, and peace and rejuvenation about it because we were there for a month. So a month's a long time in that kind of chaotic environment. So I took Olive to, to show around Patchville, and it's a lot more built up now. And, and she quickly wanted to get out of there. Let's get out of here. This is a horrible place. Um, and so we did. But I, another day, I went back to see if I could find those little rock pools. And I did. I found a way. Because I, I was a bit uh, disoriented at first, because things have changed quite a lot in 12 years. I managed to find these rock pools, and it was, the sun was still shining. The sea was still there. It was still peaceful. And as I was there, I looked at one or two of the rock pools, and you know, it was nice. But God, oh, there we go. Yeah. God said to me, go and look in that round one. Okay. So the other picture shows it a bit more, bit more round. So go and, go and look in that round one and, and just watch. And you might think, if you're a rock pool connoisseur, there's not much to that. It's just rock, a bit of moldy stuff around the edge. But I sort of felt that that's what the, the Spirit was saying to me. So I went and, and had a little look. And as I watched, I noticed there was at least four fish that I saw you know, at one time. Now, if you're looking in rock pools, that's quite a lot of fish to see. You see one or two uh, over a period. And then a little crab popped up, and he was eating away. And it was good. The thing that really I got from that, that it was because it was, I haven't taken a very good picture, because it, it, that was really close to the sea. So when I was there the first time, the waves were washing in and washing out and washing in and washing out and washing in. And it was full of water. And I was really struck by the fact that it's the water that brings life. You know, it, rock pool looks nothing, but it had life in it because it was near the sea and there was water in it. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about um, today. Because what I received from that as I was, as I was thinking about it and then uh, a couple of days later, I took Olive back to show again, and we looked again in that pool, um, which is where I took the photograph. Um, and God was saying to me that I need to be a container for the water of his spirit. And it's the water that brings life, not the rock pool. If that was miles away from the, you know, if that was uh, another, I don't know, because I don't think the tide comes in that very much in water. If that was, you know, 10 meters back, it may not have anything in there because it's too far away from the sea, because the sea is washing in and washing out, and that kind of thing. So it struck me that my life is to be a container for the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit that brings life, not the container. Okay, so that's my motive for the thing. My motive, not motive. My motive. But we also know that it's um, Palm Sunday today, isn't it? And you've got your little crosses, um, for the kids to fight with, like swords, um, and Stephen. <laughs> um, and looking at the story of Palm Sunday, and I, I'm sure this has been said before, I've heard this a few times, but Jesus sent his disciples to get a donkey and a donkey's colt. And he sat, I'm not sure which one he sat on actually, whether he sat on the colt or the donkey, but the donkey and the colt were involved. Anyway, if you're clever and can read the text, you'll perhaps be able to tell me. Um, but it struck me, again, 
And you might not like this. This might hit your pride a little bit. We are just to be a donkey that carries Jesus where he wants to go. And when you look at the story, it's not the donkey that you big up. It's Jesus. And when the thing was happening, it wasn't the donkey that was bigged up. Oh, wonderful donkey carrying Jesus. You're amazing. Um, you're going to be blessed forever, blah, blah, blah. No, it was Jesus. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. All the children were crying out, uh, you know, to Jesus, wasn't it? So again, we really, our lives, we're to be like a donkey and a colt that carry Jesus where he wants to go. Where does he want to go? He wants to go amongst the lost and the hurting and the broken. And, you know, he doesn't want to stay in a holy huddle. He wants us to be out there. So it's carrying him where he wants to go. And then just to complete this little bit here. Um, I talked about the, I read the thing about foot washing, didn't I? And Jesus said that we, we need to be like him and wash one another's feet. We need to humble ourselves and serve one another. Okay, But that's not really what I want to say at this moment. The motive or the picture I want to give you is a picture of a basin. Okay, Jesus took a basin. He filled it with water and he washed his disciples' feet. He wants us to be a basin that he can fill with water, that he can serve others around us. The big thing's not the basin. The big thing is Jesus serving those around him. He wants us to allow his nature. So what's the key to being a basin, being a container. The key is to be a basin. It needs to be able to hold water. Yeah? And it needs to be clean. Yeah? Doesn't it really? Doesn't need to be ornate beautifully, intricately. I mean, actually, there was a moment, and some of you might remember this in Faith Life. You might not remember the, uh, the, the, what really happened. But, um, there was a moment when someone washed somebody's feet in Faith Life, and they took one of Cheryl's brand new bowls from, uh, from her house to do the foot washing, which wasn't the best, really, was it? So, you know, but anyway, putting that aside. The key to being a basin is that we are to be continually full of the Holy Spirit full of the water of the Spirit. Yeah, because it's the water that does the, the business, isn't it? If I can use such a, a carnal terms. And we have to be regularly being cleansed. It's no good washing someone's feet. Actually, when I first got together with Olive, we, we were at a Bible week. I'm not sure. I think we were going out by then. We were, maybe we weren't even going out. We were, we were um, so the church, the Norwich church, we were on, um, we had a big tent. The ch- there was a big church. We had a big tent. And so you got your food provided for you, but everybody was on duty one morning or one evening a week. So we had to wash up and do that kind of thing. So uh, she and I washed each other's feet in dirty washing up water. <laughs> seems to work, okay? We're still together. So <laughs> seems to seems to be. But really, if you're washing someone's feet, you don't want dirty water. You don't want a bowl that's got all muck in or, or is not really holding water, do you? doesn't matter what the basin looks like it's can it hold water is it holding water if you look in um, 2 Timothy 2 um, it talks a little bit about this Um, 2 Timothy 2 19 it says nevertheless 
The firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord abstain from wickedness. Now in a large house, there are also not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if a man or woman cleanses him or herself from these things, he or she will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. And what it struck me, because normally we'd think, yeah, I want to be a gold vessel. I want to be, you know, a, a beautifully... But actually, it's not so much what the vessel is like, because you can use a gold cup for all kinds of immoral purposes. You can use a clay bowl for all sorts of honorable purposes. It's what it's being used for, isn't it? And the good thing is, you, you might feel to yourself that, you know, I'm not a very honorable vessel. I'm, I'm not made of gold and silver and all those kind of things. But it says that... Um, um, blah, blah, blah. Verse 21. Therefore, if a man cleanses himself from these things, and it talks about some of these things there, but if, let's just use a small word as dishonor. If you cleanse yourself from things for dishonor, you'll be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful to the master. So it doesn't really matter what you're like, but are you dedicated to the master as a vessel that will carry his that will be clean and they'll be used to minister the life. Because actually, you know, an empty, an empty basin, washing someone's feet with an empty basin is a waste of time because it's not going to work, is it? You have to rub them. You know, I'll rub your feet with a cloth, but it's not really going to get the, the muck off. Yeah, so the nobility comes from serving him, not from the vessel in itself. Do you get what I'm saying? Good. So you, could, you need to start where you are. Start with who you are and determine that you're going to be used, that you're going to be a jar that he can use. Yeah, you're going to be a jar that he can use to fill his spirit. And the key has been continually filled. Because the thing about the rock pool is that the water was washing in and out. And there was a, a sense of vibrancy. I, I got that real sense of, yeah, the, the spirit washing in and out of my life is a... Is, is a it's a beautiful thing that brings life and really helps. But I just want to think initially a little bit about, about this water. Because um, you might be thinking, well, I'm not sure how, how you get this water. I don't know where the divine tap is. I can go and um, get some, but it's not really a divine tap. Um, if you look at uh, John 4... And verse 7 to 14, I'm going to read a chunk again. So let's look for the scripture to do its work. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman therefore said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with 
and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you? Actually, yes, he is. But he didn't say that at the time. Who gave the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle. Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. A well of water springing up into eternal life. And again in John 7, 37, 38. It says, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. That's the truth. That's the truth. If you believe on Jesus, you'll have that rivers of living water flowing. We were talking about this on our, I mean, we got a bit behind on our drawing near group. I think we were probably finishing about two weeks before you, after you guys, weren't we? So um, we would do, and we were talking about this whole thing um, about how it's faith. We need to believe the word. And what we want to do, we want to slide back into feelings. We want to say, I don't actually feel that there's rivers of living water flowing from my spirit, welling up into eternal life. Therefore, they can't be. But that's wrong, isn't it? That's not what we're asked to do. We're asked to believe. We're asked to have faith that if we believe on Jesus, rivers of living water will flow from our belly, bringing life to those around us. That's good, isn't it? How many of us can believe? Two? Faith, life, and... (laughs) Oh, three. Three then. Oh, yeah, lots more. We can believe, can't we? We can believe on Jesus and have rivers of living water flowing. We can believe and we can be looking for that. We can be asking the Holy Spirit to continually fill us. We can be complete, you know, uh, fellowshipping Him with Him, sorry, because that again was John B.V. was talking about that and the session wasn't he about, I think it was the one before actually, about fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. So often, and I was challenged by this recently, we think that we should get a whole dollop of what we need for life and then we go off and do it. But that's not what God wants. He wants, to be, he wants us to be continually fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit and receiving what we need moment by moment, talking to Him moment by moment. He won't give us it all. So if we don't talk to Him and don't ask Him, we won't have what we need. We won't have that spirit. We won't have that life. We won't have that water to bring life um, around us. And so it's almost a waste of time, isn't it? If we're walking around without being full of spirit, without overflowing, without having that fellowship with him, what are we doing? We're there. Our lives really are to bring the life of Jesus. Okay, you need to earn money and all the rest of it. But we're there really to glorify him and bring the life of Jesus to the people we meet day by day, aren't we? Yes, we are. I'll answer my own questions. It's interesting, in Psalm 84... It talks a bit about um, what, what these people are to be like. Psalm 84. I thought I'd rip my Bible in. 
Uh, I'll start at verse 5. It says, How blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. I think in other versions it talks about whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Passing through the valley of Baca. I love that word, Baca. Passing through the valley of Baca, which means weeping, tears, sorrow. They make it a spring. Or in my note it says, place of springs. The early rain also covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. We are to be people who, when we're in a desert, when we're in a place of weeping, when we're in a place where, where people have said whatever, we make it a place of springs. Because the spirit, the water in us, is having an impact on those around us. I know it's easy to be affected by the atmosphere around us. But that's not how we're supposed to be. We're, we have the life of God inside us to affect that's what we look to do when we worship on the streets. In worshiping Him, we look to affect the atmosphere. We're looking to change things so that the ways of the world, the spirit of the world, isn't in control. The spirit of God is in control. Yeah, and that's what our lives, when we come into a situation, there might be weeping, there may be sorrow, it may be a wilderness, but because we're full of the spirit, we make it a place of springs. Yeah? Are you happy on that? Am I talking rubbish? Don't answer that question. And also, in Isaiah 12, 3, it says, With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. There's a well. There's a well of salvation that we can draw from. We don't have to be like the world around us. We don't have to be determined by the news. We don't have to be determined by how much money is in our pocket, whether we're well or ill, blah, blah, blah. But by drinking from the well of salvation yeah so what i'm saying is as we go about our lives full of the holy spirit the spirit in us changes the situation around us because there's another great little passage this is in two corinthians you might have been thinking about this already if you're astute um and i i didn't quite know where to start reading this I'll start verse 3. Um, it says, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that they might not see the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ, Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels or clay vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God. And not from ourselves. Uh, in the, yeah, the, the, the CSB says the extraordinary power. We have it in clay pots because of the extraordinary power. And if you remember last week, Terry was talking about, um, I think it's 2 Corinthians 12 9, wasn't it? My grace is sufficient for you, for, my, for power is perfected in weakness. That really helped me because, you know, in the past, I've thought to myself, I can't actually do that. Therefore, I'll, I won't do it. But you know, I can't actually do that is the first step. I can't actually do that. Correct. But God 
can do it through me. Yeah, if, it's, if he's asked me to do it, I can do it because he'll give me grace. I won't be able to do it in my own strength. My strength is puny. It's not enough. But in him. And it's interesting. This surpassing greatness is hooperball. It's, it's from hooperballo, which means to throw beyond. To throw beyond. This surpassing strength to throw beyond. And I was, I was thinking about this. And, and then yesterday I was reading in Luke 1. Um, just in my daily reading, as it were. And... Um, I just would like to, to Luke 1, verse 30, 35. And this is the angel talking to Mary about the coming of Jesus. I know it's Easter, we should be talking about the ending of Jesus, but I'm just going to talk about the coming of Jesus. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He shall be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be? I am a virgin. And the angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit, or the, the grammar there is Holy Spirit, rather than the, it's Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. And I just thought, this is talking about the Holy Spirit. Where does he, where does he dwell? Where does the Holy Spirit dwell? Where does the Holy Spirit dwell? In us. In us. This is the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. It says, Holy Spirit, the power of the Most High. It, it, it doesn't really help you because it says, the Holy Spirit will come to you and the power of the Most High. But the Holy Spirit is the power of the Most High. It's not two separate things coming on you. It's the Holy Spirit who's the power of the Most High. I was just thinking, wow. We just need to get a grip on, on who lives in us. The power of the Most High. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. The same power that enabled a lady who was a virgin to have a child. I mean, none of us can do that. Can we? We know the natural way to do it, but we, we, no one else can do that. It's the same Spirit who created the world out of nothing. And in Acts 1.8, it says, you, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come, comes upon you. What's the problem? Where's the problem? There isn't really, is there? The problem is we just need to believe who's on the inside of us. And be fellowshipping with him and talking to him. What do you want to do, Holy Spirit? What should I be saying to Amelia this morning as she's a bit upset? What, or that kind of thing. Not that she is. She was very smiling this morning. So she wasn't upset. But, you know, uh, she's very smiling now as well. So you know what I'm saying? As we go into situations, we're asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And then we don't say, okay, I've got it now. You want me to do a miracle? Okay, I've got it. I'll sort this miracle out. No, because we can't do a miracle. None of us can do miracles, can we? And this is what Terry was saying last week, going back to that. I just realized we don't have to do it. It's him in us that's doing it. We just need to trust him and believe him. And I know that's difficult for us with our Western mindsets, and we think it doesn't happen here. And, but it does if we believe, doesn't it? It does if we believe. And we need to try and... Get rid of unbelief in our lives and start to believe him. 
You know, he can do amazing, oh, sorry, amazing, exceedingly beyond all that we can think or imagine according to his power. It always seems to be talking about power, the power of God in our lives. That's amazing, isn't it? We need to get out of the way with our puny little strength and recognize we can't do it. But he is well able. And if we trust him and give the glory to him, it will come about, won't it? So, we are called to follow Jesus and to be like him. It says he took on the form or nature of a servant. When it, when it uses that word form, it doesn't mean he kind of, you know, it was, it was, it was right internal. It was right. His very nature was the nature of a servant. So if we're to follow him, we are as well to take on the very nature of servanthood. Yeah? We are called to be servants, serving one another. Yeah? But we're also called to be vessels at the same time. If, can you do two things at once? I know we're, some of us are guys and we struggle with multitasking. But we are called to be vessels of the Holy Spirit, carrying his love, his power, his presence to a lost and hurting world that we're, that we're in. And, you know, we don't actually like it because we have to humble ourselves. We have to look like that rock pool. Jules, if you're still working. She told me it was going to run out sooner or later. We just—it's not much to look at, is it? It's not much to look at. The donkey is not much to look at, or the colt. The bowl that Jesus used to wash it is not much to look at. We are not much to look at. Some of us more so than others, if you see what I mean, or less so than others, including myself. There, we're not much to look at, but we don't want people looking at us. We just want to be vessels that carry the life, the water, the power of Jesus, which, who is the Holy Spirit, to the people around us. So that when we pray for people, things change. When we talk to people, things change. Not because of us. You know, if we try and get glory for ourselves and make hotels and burgers with stamps, that's not it. You know, we, we, we are needing to learn to go lower Roger Bostock needs to go lower. There's things in my life that get in the way of Jesus moving in power. I need to change them. I need to get him to change them. One of the things that struck me again about the rock pools is the water's washing in, washing out, washing in. It kind of shapes it. It shapes it. The word talks about uh, God being like a, a potter and the clay. We need to be saying to him, Lord, you are the potter. I am the clay. You shape me. As you want to. You know, you knock the chunks off my life that are getting in And he does, actually. And you know how he knocks the chunks off your life? Through other people. If you start saying, uh, so-and-so is getting on my nerves, you know, there's a chunk needing to be knocked off your life. And so-and-so is just doing the will of God. You might not, they might not feel it. They might not be sent out to do the will of God. But by annoying you, but by revealing something you, you need to change, you know, the potter needs to get in there and make us that. On the, on the front of this book about humility, which we're reading, there's a beautiful white porcelain bowl, which I tried to get the picture to put in there, but I couldn't do it. Um, kind of. But, you know, that's, we just need to be a simple 
bowl with all the all the all the all the rubbish got rid of, all the chunks knocked off. We don't need to be gold and silver and beautiful in that sense. Okay, we, our work needs to be gold and silver and beautiful in that sense, and it needs to last. You know, we need to be like that rock pool where there's water flowing in and out. The Holy Spirit is continually filling us. You know, we're continually talking to Him and asking Him, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me in this situation. Use me now. Use me now. Use me to speak to um, uh, Twinkle or whoever. You know, use me to speak to them. Use me. Have your way there. We need to be like the donkey and his colt, carrying Jesus. What an honor. What an honor that Jesus would want to use our lives to, to, to go to people he wants to reach. What an honor. We, we are silly people, aren't we, really? We kind of put honor on different things than that, really. You know, in a thousand years' time, some of these things, well, even even 100 years' time, some of these things that we held so, so dear, they, you know, they won't, they'll be nothing to us. We'll be perhaps embarrassed. Although I don't know if you can be embarrassed in heaven. But you know what I mean? We won't be, very, we won't be still after the same things, will we? But the, things we've, the way we've carried Jesus to others, we might have people standing next to us in heaven or around the corner or whatever who have been affected by our lives because we've taken Jesus, we've carried Jesus. Not trying to be Jesus in the sense of, you know, but just being a humble donkey that carries the master. A bit like the, the bowl, you know, as I'm saying, and, and the washing of the feet. That, that Jesus uses the water that's in our lives to wash the feet or to serve those around us. Again, what a privilege. What a privilege to be those people full of the Spirit. Isn't it? So what I'm trying to say to you is that we need to be vessels dedicated to his use. Simple containers, full of him, regularly getting rid of stuff. You know, often the stuff that's in the way is not sin, in the sense of, it is sin, but it's not, you know, it's not, but it's things about me, things I do, things I, you know, things I get involved in. I just need to get rid of some of this stuff. If, it's getting, if things are getting in the way of me ministering Jesus and being full of his spirit, I need to get rid of them, don't I? Get, get rid of them. I was talking to Stephen yesterday on the street. I was annoying. We were annoying Phil a little bit because we were talking very loudly when he was playing the piano, but uh, I'm sure he forgave us. But, and we were talking about the uh, washing of the feet. You know, and Stephen was telling me about he'd seen this presentation um, or, or Jamie had seen this presentation. I'm not sure which of them had seen it. That he was saying it was very powerful that Jesus stripped himself of his uh, robe and was, you know, bare-chested, whatever. And then he washed his feet. He hadn't realized it, but that's what you're saying, wasn't it? Yeah. We need to strip ourselves of anything that gets in the way of Jesus being honored through us, Jesus moving through us. Anything that uh, shows, that points to me. As opposed, to, as opposed to pointing to Jesus. Um, it's quite hard, isn't it? You know, because self is a pernicious little weed, isn't it? It's very, it's very, you know, we need the power of the Spirit to, uh, to deal with it, don't we? We can't necessarily deal with it ourselves. We can have a go. We, and often, often we try and deal with it on the surface. Remember Jesus talked to the Pharisees um, and he said, 
you evil Pharisees, you cleanse the outside of the cup, but inside you're full of all kinds of evil. He said, foolish Pharisees, sort the, sort the inside out, and then the outside will be clean. We need the Holy Spirit to do that, don't we? We need the Holy Spirit. We need to cooperate. It's a difficult word, isn't it? Cooperate with him to do that. So I just want to give you a moment to be quiet. Maybe to close your eyes. If there's anything that I've said, it's, yeah, just let God apply this word to your heart. Are there areas where you need to change? Things you need to repent of. Areas you need to cleanse. Things you need to strip away. Are you willing to be a simple vessel or a donkey that God can use that doesn't get glory, that doesn't get honor, but the honor goes to Jesus? Are you willing? For that in your life. Just, just talk to him about it. There's a song that we used to sing, and I'm not going to sing it. I was going to sing it, but I've decided um, I'll get that cut straight out of the video, so I won't, I won't give Jules the opportunity to cut my singing out. <laughs> but it was called, Jesus, You Are Changing Me. Jesus, You Are Changing Me. By Your Spirit, You're Making Me Like You. Jesus, You're Transforming Me. That Your loveliness may be seen in all I do. You are the potter. And I am the clay. Help me to be willing to let you have your way. Jesus, you are changing me as I let you reign supreme within my heart. That last, verse is, that last line is key. As I let you reign supreme, be Lord, be boss, be master in my heart. I'm just going to pray. Perhaps you can pray in your heart alongside me. Lord, Holy Spirit, we give ourselves to you to be vessels that you can use. Help us to live a life continually being filled by you, submitting to you, yielding to you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd show us any areas you want to change, things you want to strip away, so that your power and glory can be manifested through us.
In Jesus' name, amen.